Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Natasha Cowden coming to you this week from Chicago, Illinois. And we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, a former president of a Southern Baptist State Convention is being investigated for sex crimes. Also on today's program, Biblica, the organization formerly known as the International Bible Society, has seen a remarkable comeback in recent years, and we'll take a closer look. We also examine a ministry in Arkansas that is helping kids who age out of the foster care system. It's a huge problem in this country, and they might have a solution. We begin today with news that Jerry Falwell Jr. has sued Liberty University again. Jerry Falwell Jr., the former president of Liberty University, is suing the school, arguing that administrators are committing trademark infringement by using the late Jerry Falwell Sr.'s likeness without consulting with the family. The lawsuit, which was filed in federal court last week on behalf of Falwell Jr. and his family and the family trust, accuses the school of misappropriating for itself the name and image of Falwell Sr., the conservative Christian evangelist who co-founded Liberty University back in 1971. And this is uh, words from the lawsuit. Uh, the university has now repeatedly distributed advertising and promotional materials that use the Jerry Falwell trademark, as well as Dr. Falwell's image and name, in a manner that is likely to leave consumers confused as to the relationship between Liberty University and the Jerry Falwell brand and the Falwell Falwell Family Trust. The lawsuit claims the school created a custom font based on Falwell Sr.'s handwriting for advertising purposes and created a hologram of the late evangelist. The lawsuit also notes the school's intention to create a Jerry Falwell Center on campus as a welcome center for future students and a move that it says infringes on the trademark as well. Falwell Jr. resigned as president of the Evangelical Christian School in 2020 in the wake of a series of scandals involving his family, including allegations that his wife, Becky, had a years-long sexual relationship with a business associate. Asked about the lawsuit, a Liberty spokesman said that the school prefers not to comment on active litigation, but sent along a statement that they say provides context. The spokesperson argued Falwell Sr.'s name is, quote, synonymous with Liberty University and for decades has been used across campus, including on buildings such as the Jerry Falwell Museum and the Jerry Falwell Library. In addition, the spokesperson alleged the lawsuit is a response to a request made by Falwell Jr. to Liberty to pay $7 million for permission to continue to use the name of Liberty's founder for the next four years and allow the former president to maintain total editorial control of Liberty's use of the name of Liberty's founder. The school, the spokesperson said, denied that request. The statement went on to say Liberty University is confident it will ultimately prevail in this case and the university will be able to maintain its use of the name of its founder. 
Up next is a story of the Reverend Bob Stein. Now, Stein is the former president of the Minnesota-Wisconsin Baptist Convention. He will be required to answer questions in court in September after police in Madison, Wisconsin, recommended he be charged with sexual assault. The Dane County District Attorney's Office said the case involving Stein, who's the pastor of Midvale Baptist Church in Madison, Wisconsin, is under review and that no charges have been filed yet. The DA's office has received the referral from Madison Police Department, the DA's office said in an email about Stein. He is scheduled to appear for an initial appearance on September 7th at 8.30 a.m. Police have investigated allegations that Stein inappropriately touched children during a group visit to a state park in 2021. That investigation led the state's Department of Children and Families to revoke the license for Kids Best Child Care, a daycare run by Midvale Baptist. That revocation came in late June. The church's daycare facility was reportedly shut down, though, in April. Neither Stein nor his attorney responded to a request for comment. According to his bio on Midvale Baptist Church's website, Stein is a graduate of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and has been pastor since 2007. He's also a former leader of the Baptist Student Union at the University of Wisconsin at Madison. The church is affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. Stein had been president of the Minnesota-Wisconsin Baptist Convention until May when he resigned because of this police investigation. Warren, let's look at one more story before we take a break. It's the story of a remarkable rebound at one of the largest Bible societies in the world, Biblica, formerly known as the International Bible Society. After years of losses, Biblica has bounced back in a big way. The ministry, which was founded more than 200 years ago in 1809, had revenue of only $13.5 million back in 2018, but closed out 2022 with revenue of nearly $50 billion, $46.5 million to be exact. In other words, it's more than tripled in size just in the last five years. It's the kind of development some ministries would highlight in press releases and media interviews, but Biblica has not trumpeted its growth. No, in fact, it didn't respond to numerous emails and phone inquiries from us over the last few months. But the numbers speak for themselves. They do. During the 1990s, Biblica had revenue of anywhere between $18 million and $26 million, but by 2018, it had shrunk down to about $13.5 million, that number I mentioned earlier. That's the year the ministry hired a new president and CEO, Jeff Morin, who had been at the American Bible Society for more than a decade, has turned things around in a fairly dramatic fashion. Morin increased operating efficiencies and relocated the ministry, selling its Colorado Springs building near New Life Church, which is a megachurch on the north side of Colorado Springs, and renting office space near the small town of Palmer Lake, about 20 minutes north of Colorado Springs. I should say that spending on fundraising has grown fairly significantly as well. In 2021, it spent $2.4 million on fundraising, but last year it spent $3.5 million. Biblica spent about 69% of its total revenue on uh, 
actual programs. 31%, in other words, went on management and fundraising costs combined, which is quite a lot. Well, Warren, we need to take a break. When we return, we'll take a look at a ministry that helps kids who age out of the foster care system. I'm Natasha Cowden, along with my co-host, Warren Smith. We'll have that story and much more after this short break. Hey everybody, Warren Smith here. Just uh, taking a quick break from the podcast to let you know that during the month of August, if you make a gift of any size to Ministry Watch, we'll send you as our thank you gift a free digital subscription to World Magazine. Now, if you like Ministry Watch, I think you'll love World Magazine. I worked there for eight years myself. I'm a big fan of what they do. In fact, a lot of What we do here at Ministry Watch uses the same approach to journalism that I learned when I worked for Ministry Watch. So I hope you'll take advantage of this offer and uh, gift of any size during the month of August. You'll get a free digital subscription to World Magazine. That's a $50 value and um, you can set the price. So I hope you'll take advantage of this offer. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Cowden, along with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Well, up next is a story we promised before the break. It's the story of Eric and Kara Gilmore, who founded a ministry that helps kids who age out of the foster care system. Yeah, Eric and Kara Gilmore served as house parents at a local group home in Arkansas, and they said that they knew that they had to do something after they watched in disbelief as one of the young women that they had cared for was kicked out of this foster care facility the day she turned 18 years of age. Megan had lived in 50 placements while she had been in foster care between the ages of 12 and 18. She had not been a legal adult for even 24 hours before her caseworker dropped her off at a Greyhound bus station in North Little Rock with a bag of clothes and one night's worth of her bipolar medication. The caseworker dropped her off with a one-way bus pass to go to a family member that she hadn't seen since she was 12 years old, according to Eric Gilmore. And we thought, where is the church? But we knew that part of the responsibility was ours. We are the church, he said. So they founded Immerse Arkansas, a nonprofit that prepares youth in crisis for adulthood through programs that offer shelter, mentorship, and training in multiple life skills. The Gilmores first opened the doors for their nonprofit back in 2010 by providing supportive housing for the aged out youth. But by 2016, the organization had expanded its services to support youth in crisis, as they call it, including runaway and homeless youth, uh, youth exiting uh, DYS or the Department of Youth Services, and youth victims of trafficking and sexual exploitation. Their website says that the transition to adulthood is already challenging, but many youths are also experiencing isolation, mental health issues, violent home lives, and in some cases, an unplanned pregnancy. Each youth who ages out of foster care costs society approximately $300,000 over their lifetime in public assistance, 
crime and municipal costs. So any money that you can invest to keep them out of the system is going to be a cost savings for the city, state, and even the nation. This is a big problem in Arkansas because over 200 youth in Arkansas will age out of the state's foster care system each year. Immerse's most recent public 990 reports $4.3 million in revenue, but only $2.1 million in expenses. So where's that extra cash going? Well, Gilmore told Ministry Watch that the organization uh, has experienced significant revenue growth since 2020 because it's been aggressively fundraising to build a youth shelter and launch more sites. Immerse broke ground on the shelter just last week and is slated to open one new site this fall. The organization hopes to have four or five more locations in Arkansas in the near future. We turn from a ministry that is growing to a couple that are coming to the end of their lives. At least it appears that way. The King's College in New York City is no longer offering courses in the upcoming fall semester. It's laid off its entire faculty and most of its staff and is closing the current chapter, uh, according to the Board of Trustees, staff interviews, and updates from the school's accreditor. In late July, uh, students, staff, and parents, as well as faculty, uh, finally received some concrete information in the form of an email from the board. The email said this, following months of diligently exploring numerous avenues to enable the college to continue its mission, the Board of Trustees has determined Kings will not be offering classes for the fall 2023 semester. Further, it is with regret that we share that our faculty and staff positions will be reduced or eliminated, as was addressed in respective faculty and staff meetings earlier today. Uh, the school's accreditor, though, was more emphatic and made it sound actually even a little worse. The Middle States Commission for Higher Education announced on July 27th that it will consider the institution closed and no longer operational. And this institutional closure means that the King's College appeal, it was an appeal to have their accreditation uh, continued, will be terminated. And King's is not the only Christian college in trouble. It's not. Uh, Alderson Broadus University is a Baptist school in West Virginia, and it also finds itself in the middle of a significant financial crisis and is on the brink of shutting down. This week, during an emergency meeting of West Virginia's Higher Education Policy Commission and other state officials, the decision was made to pull its authorization while also preparing an order that calls for the school to wind down its operations. Now, there is a glimmer of encouraging news for students of ABU. West Virginia Wesleyan College, another Christian school in nearby Buchanan, West Virginia, uh, distributed a statement saying that it stands ready to serve all current or incoming Alderson Broadus students at this difficult time. We will provide these students with fast and free priority application and thorough transcript evaluations. Warren, we're going to take another break when we return our lightning round of Ministry News of the Week. I'm Natasha Cowden with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hey. 
Hey, everybody, Warren Smith here. Just uh, taking a quick break from the podcast to let you know that during the month of August, if you make a gift of any size to Ministry Watch, we'll send you as our thank you gift a free digital subscription to World Magazine. Now, if you like Ministry Watch, I think you'll love World Magazine. I worked there for eight years myself. I'm a big fan of what they do. In fact, a lot of what we do here at Ministry Watch uses the same approach to journalism that I learned when I worked for Ministry Watch. So I hope you'll take advantage of this offer and uh, gift of any size during the month of August. You'll get a free digital subscription to World Magazine. That's a $50 value and um, you can set the price. So I hope you'll take advantage of this offer. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Cowden with my co-host, Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Now, we like to use this last segment as a sort of lightning round or short news briefs. What's up first? Well, Arthur Gay, an evangelical leader who oversaw the National Association of Evangelicals when President Reagan gave his historic evil empire speech to the group, has died at the age of 86. Gay was president of the National Association of Evangelicals from 1982 to 1984 and held the same role at World Relief, which is the NAE's humanitarian arm, from 1991 to 1996. Gay led the NAE during a time when Reagan was seeking the support of U.S. evangelicals. The late president first spoke at the association's convention at Gay's invitation in 1983. When Ronald Reagan died in 2004, uh, the Reverend Richard Sizek, who was then the NAE's vice president for governmental affairs, said in an interview that obviously not everyone agreed then or now about Ronald Reagan's agenda. But there's no disputing that his evil empire speech, which he gave to the NAE in 1983, helped inspire a chain reaction for liberty that helped end the Soviet Union. It's a new month, so we also have a couple of new lists. That's right. We published the top 10 stories for July, and topping that list was my story on Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad, the group on which the movie Sound of Freedom was based. You can read that story and see the entire list by going to the Ministry Watch website. And we also published a list of the 50 largest media ministries in the country. Yeah, now these days, almost all ministries have some media component. Uh, Pastors write books, journalists have podcasts. However, we list those ministries whose work is primarily media-driven. They include media organizations like television and radio networks, but as we also included teaching and preaching ministries whose presence is primarily on radio or television. Now, for those of you who are fluent in the Ministry Watch 1000 database, uh, the list includes those in the educational media and radio TV stations categories. Well, it's probably not helpful to go through that entire list, but were there any surprises or big moves? 
Well, this is the fourth year that we've produced this list, and we have seen some significant movement among media organizations. Five ministries on this year's list were not on the list last year. These ministries include River Radio Ministries, which came in at number 50, Media Dream, or Al Karma TV, which is 48, Third Millennium Ministries came in at number 42, and Three Angels Broadcasting was number 27. Making the highest debut on the list was an organization called Pulse Outreach, and it debuted at number 22. Well, I guess that means that some ministries fell off that list, too. They did. Uh, four ministries have fallen off the list. They are Hal Lindsay Ministries, which last year was number 50, Jack Van Impey Ministries, which was 46 last year, Back to the Bible was number 48 on our list last year, and the highest ranking ministry that is now no longer on the list at all is probably not a surprise to regular readers of Ministry Watch. That's Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. They were number 15 last year, and they are no longer in business, of course, this year. Again, you can see the complete list by going to the Ministry Watch website. Who do we have in the ministry spotlight this week? Well, I wanted to focus on Child Fund, which is a ministry that began in 1938 to help deprived, excluded, and vulnerable children around the world. As of 2022, Child Fund helps children and family members in 23 countries with about 432,000 children enrolled in various Child Fund programs. And of these children, more than 340,000 are sponsored by donors who support the program of a child community through monthly contributions. That sounds like good work. Well, it does, but we wanted to highlight uh, Child Fund because it's number one, huge, and it takes in about $200 million a year. But it also has low ratings across the board from Ministry Watch. It is not a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, even though it gets much of its funding from evangelical donors. It has a score of only 53 out of 100 on our donor confidence score, and it has just one star out of five in our financial efficiency rating. That's our lowest score. It also spends about 18% of its total revenue on fundraising, which is far more than Compassion International or World Visions or other ministries that are in its peer group. So again, that's why we wanted to highlight this ministry and ask donors to take extra caution and maybe even ask some additional questions before giving to Child Fund. And who did Christina Darnell feature in Ministries Making a Difference? Since 2017, Reggie and Ibelsa Stutzman have been running an organization called the Prodigal Center in the Bronx, New York neighborhood of Hunts Point, where drugs, prostitution, and poverty are rampant. The ministry provides food and clothing to about 3,000 people every month and shares the hope of Christ in the process. The couple also hosts outreaches, including skateboard outreaches, outreaches at strip clubs, and night outreaches in the city. And also want to mention the Raleigh Rescue Mission. Uh, last year, 198 adults and 73 children were enrolled in Raleigh Rescue Mission's New Life Plan. Raleigh Rescue Mission in North Carolina ministers to the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of homeless men, women, and children in the community, and it gets great ratings from Ministry Watch. Four stars out of five for financial efficiency and 
a transparency grade, which is our top grade. And in the Ministry Watch database, they get a donor confidence score of 96 out of 100. That's just about as good as you can get. Warren, do you have any final thoughts before we go? Well, just a reminder that Ministry Watch itself is a donor-supported ministry, and if you make a gift during the month of August, you'll receive a digital subscription to World Magazine. A digital subscription to World would cost you more than $50 if you went to their website, but you get to decide how much you want to give, though, of course, we hope you'll be generous. Just go to Ministry Watch and hit the Donate button at the top of the page. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Stephen DeBerry, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Daniel Ritchie, Paul Colvery, Adele M. Banks, Jessica Adoralde, Rafa Oliveira, Steve Raby, Bob Smetania, Jack Jenkins, Christina Darnell, and Rod Pitzer. A special thanks to the Nonprofit Times for contributing materials for this week's podcast. And you've been listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.